The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Top Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Um, hello and thank you for watching. Uh, three, two, one, let it rip. Let it rip. Was the official <laughs> introduction from Podcast Mike today. Three, two, one, let it rip. That is very much what I imagine Gladys Berejiklian will be saying to the people of New South Wales very in about soon. three weeks. Uh, anyway, guys, we're out of ideas. Three, two, one, <laughs> let it rip. I think you're missing uh, the context, Bill. It was said in a kind of uh, mocking tone, let it rip, as if he didn't expect us to hit the ground running. Well, podcast Mike, how do you like this? I'm full of energy. I'm full of... Bri- it's 350, episode 350, Will. Um, up until about 15 seconds ago, I'd completely forgotten about that. <laughs> we're like a marriage couple who've been together so long we just forget anniversaries now well what is your 350th anniversary <laughs> what do you get somebody for your 350th anniversary like you wait until 400 this is like celebrating birthdays as an older person when you're young you can celebrate 13's great like 16's great 18's great 21's great then you kind of like you know what Let's have a break until 30. And then when you're 30, you're like, let's have a break until 40. And then when you're 40, 50 is the next big one. That's very much what it's like with this podcast as well. Well, We were going to have a big 300th party. Yeah. Like we had plans. We were going to do a tour. We were going to do a big show. And now look at us. (laughs) Don't even care about 350. (laughs) Made no plans. Much like everybody else in our society, you're like, why would I make fucking plans? I don't then have to cancel those plans later on anyway. Well, prior to recording this episode, we did discuss, oh, maybe we we, we shoot video on this one. And then we looked at each other and we're like, ugh, we're a mess. Who wants to see this? This can't be our 350th episode. Both of us are in our pajamas. It's like (laughs) three o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) We've both clearly just given up on life speaking of cancellations i I, um it's annoying but the the live shows most of the live shows that i had planned for the rest of the year are now obviously not going to happen because of the situation in sydney so people will get notified about those and the great australian podcast festival has been postponed Mm. at this stage it has been postponed to a time that i am not available for um but you know who knows it it's already been postponed a couple of times, yeah. so it may well get postponed again to a time I can do it again. It's been on and off twice already. I mean, they've they've really uh, they've really put the cart before the horse, calling it the Great Australian Podcast Festival. Or maybe it's actually accurate because if they actually get the festival up. It will be great. It will be a great achievement. Yeah, it'll be great that it's fucking happening, regardless of the content. <laughs> the fact that this event is actually happening will be the thing that is great about it. Can I ask you to just tilt your camera up, say, an inch? So oh, I'm just okay. getting yeah. I'm getting your nose. Your nose is talking to me. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was trying to protect you from my Kramer-esque hair. Oh, no. That my- <laughs> wow, that is. <laughs> that's the biggest hair I've ever seen on you. That's amazing. Like, what is going on there? Have you had a perm? <laughs> no, that's what my hair looks like when it grows out. Really? People are always like, when I'm on TV, people are always like, oh, you've got so much product in your hair. Yeah. And I was like, mate, this is the best of the two 
possibilities because the other way it goes is like the full Fido Dido Kramer. That is my look most of the time. Like when I catch myself in the mirror, like I feel the need to yeah, come through the front door in a comical way just to match my haircut. Yeah, it's... And then use the N-word liberally. <laughs> and I'm like, hang on, this is not me. <laughs> it is so much like boofier than I have ever... I've known you for a long time. I've never thought of you as being boofy hair kind of guy because this is this is something that you could embrace like i think that you know you've had a, a number of different looks like i think will's gone through phases like the will anderson the now polished will anderson the old black slick hair will anderson have you ever thought of just going like you know the white afro will anderson just letting it get big like sideshow bob big boofy will anderson I have a lot of plans for when amy leaves me <laughs> and that is probably one of them big air. like when she inevitably walks out at some stage, I think that I will attempt to grow my hair as big as possible. I will have one of those haircuts that leaves everybody 100% knowing that I'm going through something. Yeah. Like when you immediately see me, you'll be like, oh, things are not good in that guy's life. Well, I'm toying with the idea of like growing my hair long because of, you know, all the lockdowns and stuff like that. I haven't been that keen to go to a barber or any kind of close contact service uh, recently and it's getting shaggy like it's 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 at the in-between stage it's not a short haircut anymore it's not a long haircut anymore and then I was saying to Jem and Jem's loves long hair on guys she's a big fan of it but my issue is some kind of salt and pepper now whenever I see salt and pepper dudes with their hair in a ponytail or a top knot or anything like that I'm always like record producer or drug dealer <laughs> you're one of those two things <laughs> I mean let's be honest you're a film producer it's close enough <laughs> I don't know. If, no, because it's not. Film producers don't really have like ponytails. It's more of a live Bring performance kind of thing. Bring it back, man. Do you reckon I could? This is a new time for film producers. I bet in lockdown, there's a whole bunch of film producers who have grown out their hair and are looking to bring ponytails back. If Neil Perry, the celebrity chef, can hold on to his ponytail for his entire celebrity chef career, then I think it's time for film producers. This might be the reclaiming of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the moustache, I got across the line because Jem's yeah. never been a fan of the moustache and I've tried different kind of styles of the moustache and then I just said, you know what, I've always wanted that Tom Selleck thick kind of moustache and so I've just let it go and I think being a dad maybe has helped get it across the line because, you know, it's just, it just sort of suits the persona more now as well. But she was very much, every time I had a moustache before this, she was always like, get rid of that thing on your top lip. But now she has, she's not saying anything. So I think maybe in, in order to repay her, I can give her the, the long hair that she's always wanted me to have. Whenever I've grown a moustache, mm. well, I've never grown a moustache, to be fair. Whenever I've shaved and left the moustache for last to see how the moustache would look on my face, the thing that I'm constantly reminded of is that I have an old-fashioned face. Yeah. Like me with a moustache, you could drop me into any cricket photo or war photo from the sort of 20s 30s 40s and be like that's a like a guy from that era and you'd be like yeah okay that makes sense but how i don't look modern with a mustache how thick are you talking like are you talking like Can't a manicured all right so to be a more manicured clark gable-esque no because <laughs> whatever happens is no my face is real straight ahead like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like real brigadier from Doctor Who. Right. Oh, yeah. I could see yeah. that. Well, my dad was always a moustache guy. Like he had, you know, from the 70s onwards had a moustache. But it, it totally suited him. There's certain moustache, like Tom Selleck, 
moustache guy. He, he looks weird when he doesn't have the moustache. And I'm wondering if... I've always kind of been beard guy, haven't I? Like, as long as you've known me, I, I, I'm never... I very rarely clean-shaven. I always have a, have a level of sun beard. I mean, I think... You once described my beard as being like a particularly hard to get out middle order Indian batsman. <laughs> that, that was the look of my my facial hair, which I, it does. You, you just look like a guy who's coming out on day five, like eighty five not out from three hundred balls. That's what you look like. That's your look. So I think that maybe. Did you see that guy in England, by the way, who tried to convince he was a pitch invader? Did you see this story? No. Now, in this day and age, I know it's, you know, I don't know, it's complicated to celebrate pitch invaders, but this one was just in the spirit of like having, playing a prank and nothing bad happened out of it. So I'm going to celebrate it because it was a nice moment. So this guy, this British guy, dressed in the full Indian cricket garb recently when India were playing England in the UK and just walked out on the field and pretended he was one of the Indian players. And eventually, like, the officials come up to him and go, hey, I don't reckon you're one of the Indian players. Like, you being white for a start is the big clue that I've immediately noticed. And you're like a big, you're clearly a big, big English man dressed as an Indian cricketer. But the best bit about it is he's clearly rumbled by this official. And what he has one last go at it where he points at the official <laughs> emblem on his shirt to go, I'm one of the players. And I'm like, I love this, man. I love that you are not willing to give up yet. I don't know what the next step of your plan is. You're going to go and stand at fine leg, but I love this whole thing. I like, you got to applaud the confidence. It reminds me of um, uh, Gemma's 40th. Uh, uh, after her main party, I organized an after party at this bar. And uh, I was chatting to the bouncer. It was late. Well, early in the morning, I should say. And um, it, it co- Gemma's 40th coincided with schoolies. And so there was a bunch of schoolies running around this area. And so I'm outside just having a chat to this bouncer. And uh, this 18-year-old kid, like big, fat, drunk kid, comes like staggering down the street. And he stops outside the bar we're in. And he sees that there's a party going on. And so he goes to walk in. And the bouncer just like, you know, just puts his arm out and says, sorry, mate, private function. And the kid looks at him dead in the eye and goes, yeah, it's my function. <laughs> And we both cracked up. And I said to the bass, you know what? We, we'll just let him in for five minutes because I, I admire that. You know what I love about this is you're just like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Good good effort, mate. Yeah. And then this guy's just wandering around this party that he's clearly not invited to. And everyone's like, who's that? Charlie just liked his chutzpah. Charlie was on the door and he just liked the way he rolled. Well, earlier than that, at the main part of the party, Two guys did actually uh, crash the party, two schooly, like schooly age kids, and they busted in. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, guys, look, you know, clearly you're not meant to be here. And they're like, It's cool, man. It's cool. And I said, No, no, I'll show you what's not cool. Look how old everyone here is. Yeah. There is nothing here that's going to interest you. We're all old, boring people. There's no young, hot chicks here. We're just all old and married. You don't want to hang out at this party. And it took him like two minutes to go, yeah, you're right, mate. Thanks very much. <laughs> we are all your parents' age, yeah. literally. Like everyone in this room is the age of your parents. Do you want to go to your parents' party during school is? <laughs> now, speaking of, of teenagers, Will, um, I had what I thought was another run-in with some unruly teenagers uh, oh. this week. Well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Now, anyone who's listened to this show and listened to the Bin Saga knows that I have a tendency to jump the gun a bit when it comes to crime. <laughs> I tend to profile and target a particular group of people, and that's young people. I'm assu- I assume that 
All crime is uh, perpetrated by unruly teenagers, hooligans. I don't blame you for this, by the way. I blame your time on the mean streets of Mount Tom. <laughs> you, you just you have an eye that's always looking for crime. Well, if I'd if I'd done Home and Away before I'd done Blue Healers, maybe that would have changed my whole mindset. Maybe I just think teenagers are all just like sexy surfers and stuff, rather than like you know just right. But the whole time punks. you were at Home and Away, you were going through their bags yeah. looking for drugs. <laughs> Yeah, not to bust them for me, of course. No, no, no. Sorry, that came out wrong. <laughs> so, Jim uh, and I were out uh, on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. It was Thursday because I remember texting you. And uh, we had Iona with us and um, Iona had like a toddlers, they have meltdowns if you don't get them back by nap time. So Iona was uh, having a, a, a toddler meltdown on the street. So we were scrambling about on the street trying to kind of get her into the pram and make sure everything was packed and, you know, working out what's the fastest way home, all this kind of stuff. So we did all that and we got back to our accommodation. And when I got back, I was like, oh, shit. Like I had my phone with me when the tantrum started and now I don't, I've gone, I'm pretty sure I left it on the bench where we were getting her into the pram. So I went to my iPad and went to find my phone and it beeped and there it was exactly where I thought I'd left it on the bench where, where the tantrum had yep. started. And I say to Jem, okay, um, I'm just going to jump in the car, race back and grab my phone. But then I see... The phone starts oh, to move. It's moving. Okay. <laughs> it's moving. And so, Will, knowing me, what do you think my first thought was? That your phone had been stolen by some teenagers. Teenagers had stolen my phone. <laughs> teenagers, opportunistic teenagers, had stolen my phone and were planning to take it somewhere to hack it because teenagers know all about technology, Will. They're going to take it to, to one of their places. They're going to hack my phone and they're going to use my Apple Pay to, to buy all manner of things that teenagers buy. Xboxes and <laughs> Zooper Doopers. music. Suddenly you're going to have TikTok on your phone. <laughs> all that stuff. So, um, well, no, I don't immediately jump to that. My first thought is actually, oh, someone's picked up my phone. And so I call it. No answer. Well, I mean, to be fair, that definitely has happened. Like there is not many scenarios in that is where somebody hasn't picked up your phone. Like your phone hasn't just started moving by itself. Yeah, right. No, like, as, but as in a seagull hasn't come by, looked at that phone, picked it up, and started flying off with it. Like without a doubt, someone has picked up your phone. Well, what I should say is, I my initial thought is maybe a friendly, like a friendly neighbour has picked Good up Samaritan. my phone. A Good Samaritan. And is taking it somewhere, you know, to the police station or a local cafe or whatever it is. Um, and so when I see it's moving, I pick it up and I call it. No answer. I'm like, well, that's suspicious. I call it again. No answer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's increasingly suspicious. And I call it again. No answer. And then I see the phone is moving at speed. <laughs> like it's not just like at an ambling pace down the street. It's heading towards the Gold Coast Highway and it's out of so there. So now you're like... He's onto us. They're, they're making a run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. It started accelerating when I made the call. And so I'm like, oh, God damn it. And it was right at a, a, a bad time where Jim and I were meant to be having a meeting, like a Skype meeting. And, you know, I, but the owner was having to get laid down and all this shit was going on. And I said to Jim, like, what do you want me to do? I said, I'm tracking it, but I feel like if I leave it too long, it might get too far away. And she's like, just go, like, go, go, go after the phone. Now, because my iPad is not Wi-Fi enabled, in order for me to track my phone, I had to take Gemma's phone with me so I could tether Good. off her phone to keep it connected to yeah. the internet. Your phone is so important that you're willing to abandon your wife and your child <laughs> and with steal no my, means of communication. And steal my wife's phone. 
So um, I jump in the car and... Uh, now, I, I'm, she's got a spare car, of course, at home in case anything nah, goes wrong. Absolutely right? not. No. <laughs> absolutely not. So you take her only means of transport, her only means of communication, and you flee from the scenario. Well, no, we do, we're do. we communicating via uh, email. So she can email me on my iPad. So I'm emailing back her or messaging me on the iPad. So... Um, so I mean, I'm calling. I'm calling again and again. So then I go to find my phone. There's a function there where you can deactivate your phone, not um, wipe it, but you deactivate it so it locks all your pay functions and it puts a message on the screen saying, "Hello, this phone is lost. If found, please contact this number." So in my head, I'm still giving these unruly teens a benefit of the doubt that you know maybe the PlayStation's further away than I thought. But now, very clearly, there's a message. Like, someone's ringing. We've got to get this to the police station as quickly as possible. (laughs) There's a message on the front now with uh, Gemma's number saying, call this number, blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing that you do with um, Find My Phone is there's an alarm you can send. Okay, press a button and it pings a loud, high-pitched thing so you can locate it. So I'm hitting that ping again and again because in my head I'm like, if they are nefarious, I'm going to annoy them. I'm going to annoy them on the drive. This thing is going to pinging and never stop pinging. Yeah. So you've given up on the idea that they're good Samaritans at this point because if they're good Samaritans, you're just going to annoy the fuck out of them. <laughs> just going to throw it out the window. So um, I, by the time I get to the car and pull out into the street, I see that the, uh, the phone has stopped. It's at a shopping center about 4K away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. But it's showing me exactly where the phone is. And so... Um, I emailed Jim and say, look, I can see where the phone is. It's not in the move anymore. I'm just going to drive to the shopping center, see if I can track it down. And Jem's like, be careful. <laughs> like, don't, you know, if it looks sketchy, don't. You know? And I said, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to fight some psychopath for my phone back. If I get there and it looks scary, then... I am willing to swap your phone <laughs> and an iPad for my phone in return. <laughs> I got four magic beans. <laughs> so I jump in the car and I zip around to this shopping center and... It's it's like a it's not a massive shopping center, but it's like you know a mall, a strip, a strip mall. Okay. Um, there's a few shops inside there, like a Coles and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't realize. But when I got there, it was not a precise location. I thought because when I've used Find My Phone in the past, in, in the past, it's felt quite precise. But that's obviously because I've been searching my house or the car or whatever. You know, a fairly small location. But suddenly I'm in a shopping center, and where that thing is dropped, that ping, it, it was a. It was probably, I don't know, a distance of maybe 50 to 100 meters, like in any direction I would walk. So I'm walking around the car park with my iPad and I'm seeing where the, it's telling me the phone is and I'm seeing where my iPad is because it shows you where both devices are. And as I'm walking, both devices are zipping around. like They're, they're not staying in the same spot. It's the most frustrating fucking thing you can think of. So I'm hitting that ping and just like, <laughs> well, I'm not hitting the pingers. <laughs> You're on the gold coast. I'm on the gold pingers. I hit the pingers. I went to Cavalab. Um, so I'm walking around, and there's all these like little cafes, outdoor diners there. And this is where the profiling starts because I'm like, all right, it's telling me it's in this collection of cafes. So I'm thinking, well, firstly, I'm thinking, why have they, if they've stolen my phone, why have they stopped? to get a meal like you know if, if they're intense if they're going to like take it to cash converters or you know try and get rid of it or take it home you wouldn't you go straight there you wouldn't go to a shopping center first but then i'm like well maybe there maybe there's like a, a phone hacking place like a phone 
you know, what are they called? The phone shops in the in the center where they can hack my phone they can get in there do you consider them to be phone hacking shops do you think that that's what they're set up for like would they not have some standards at those shops if you just came up and went hey this is my phone but i can't remember the password or anything wouldn't they be like yeah it's not your phone well don't you think well look i'm sure i'm sure that some people uh you know do have standards but i'm sure there's other people who set up those phones as fronts to bring him in the phone and let's hack into it and we can Swipe this guy's Apple Pay password. As long as you buy a new cover with the Apple Pay. <laughs> yeah, as long as you get one of the minions' the phone, <laughs> phone cases. So anyway, so my in, but so th- that's my first thought. And then you know what, Will? I walk in just inside the shopping center. There's a goddamn phone place. A goddamn phone hacking phone place. <laughs> so I walk up to this woman and I'm like, "Excuse me." Um, has anyone brought a phone in the like the last twenty minutes? And she's like, "Yeah, absolutely." You, you say to the people who work at a phone place, "Yes, mate, they have." In fact, that's all people do at <laughs> yeah. this place. We are literally a phone repair place. It is nothing but people bringing in their phones. But in the last twenty minutes, because remember, okay. I've been I've been tracking this thing, and so they pulled up twenty minutes ago, and she said, "Yeah, absolutely." And I said, "Oh, um, I said I'll just I said I lost my phone." you know, about 4K away and I've been tracking it here and it was brought here. I can't find it precisely, but I'm just wondering if maybe they've brought it here. And she's gone, um, what kind of phone was it? So I describe it and she was like, oh, no, this one had like a transparent case. And I was like, okay, but I don't believe it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm walking away. You rotten phone hacker. And as I'm walking away, I hit the ping on find my phone to see because I want to see if I can like catch her in a lie because then if I can be like. just going to ping in her pocket. <laughs> yeah. Aha, Jacques Hughes. <laughs> I mean, just before we get to what actually happens next. Yeah. If where this story, okay, hypothetically, yeah. let's just say this story is going to that you push that button and it pings in her pocket. Yeah. Um, what would you then have done? Leap the counter like Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> I'm slide over the counter. I kick over her till and I say, "Citizens arrest." <laughs> I say, "I was on Blue Healers." <laughs> I fling her to the ground and cuff her. <laughs> cuff her with the minions' phone case cover. <laughs> Okay. So All right. You push ping. Well, before we before we get so so far, how how much of this story would you have? Like, if if you're in the same situation, where have you given up the chase from the very get go? Oh no no no! If, I mean, I don't know if I have find my iPhone on my phone. So on your iPhone, I've probably given up. I've probably <laughs> given up there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at the point where I'm like, oh yeah, I did mean to switch that on at some stage, but I probably haven't. Where is it on your phone? Find my iPhone. I'll see if I've got it on or not. No, no. Find your. Well, find my phone. It's generally you have it on other devices, so you can. Well, it, I don't think it comes standard. I think you've got to download oh, so, it. But do I have to have something on my phone that helps it being found? No, or no, no. If you're standard? logged into, if you your Apple ID is logged in, all your devices will be connected. So, if you download Find My Phone on your iPad, or you go to Find My Phone on your laptop, right. it'll show you where all your devices are at any time. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. If this is how untrustworthy um, spouses spy on their partners. Well, I mean, my phone's always with me. I, I guess that, oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> For a minute, I had a different scenario. Yeah. Like you're saying that's how they spy on their spouses because they know where their spouses are. And yeah. in my head, I was like, what am I doing with my phone? Who's got it in this scenario? 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's say you have found my phone and okay. everything has been the same. Do you go after it? Um, would I go after it? Yeah, I guess if it was like close by. Yeah. Um, so it's only like a 10 I- minute drive to get to this shopping center, right? Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily assume that people had stolen it straight away. But the fact that it's on the move would make me think, oh, yeah, okay. Well, this is weird that... It's being taken to a second location. I'll tell you a bit of background. So I have a mate who's a cinematographer, like a DP, um, and he had his house robbed a few years ago and they stole like thousands of dollars worth of camera gear and computers and hard drives and stuff. And some of those hard drives had like irreplaceable photographs, like jobs he'd worked on, trips he'd been on, you know, stuff that wasn't backed up that he couldn't get. And so... Using the same Find My Phone, he managed to track it to this, like, you know, um, uh, crack house somewhere where he drove up and pulled up outside and was like, ah, oh, shit. First thing he did was, like, he found the location, went to the local police station and said, hey, explain everything that happened. It's all here. The police like, we can't, we can't go in there. Like, there's nothing that we can really do. And he well, was like, could you not? Like, <laughs> my phone's in there. Yeah. I literally can prove that my phone is it. Look, look at this app. Find my phone. Here I am standing using your Wi-Fi on this iPad showing you where my phone is. So they didn't do anything. So he went back, knocked on the door and was like mm. confronted by like a couple of very aggressive kind of dudes. Mm. And he was like, listen, he's gone. You can keep everything like the, the laptops and stuff, but the hard drives, I, I just want those back. That's personal. You know, they're not... They're not even worth that much. You're not going to be able to resell them. Keep the laptop, keep the cameras, whatever. I can claim that insurance. I just want the hard drives back. And these guys said, I think they, well, they, he had to go, they made him go to the bank and pull out like 600 bucks cash or something and bring it back to them and get it back. So in my head, that's what's going on is that, all right, the cops haven't got my back. I'm going to have to take the law into my own hands. Okay, so what, is there anything on the phone that would be worth 600 bucks cash, for example? If that was a there scenario was n- that was presented no. to you, I w- would you have handed over 600? No. Look, we had to do a two guys, one cup uh, Instagram live later that afternoon. That's when I texted you. That was the only thing that was annoying me. Because while I was like wandering around this shopping center trying to find my phone, I'm also trying to log into the Two Guys One Cup Instagram on Gemma's phone. So at the very least, we could do our video. But then I couldn't remember the goddamn login for Two Guys One Cup. And I'm getting really annoyed because I'm like, why isn't it anything simple? Why don't I, like, why isn't it just like Two Guys One Cup? You know, why isn't it, why does it, like, <laughs> Why have I made it difficult to remember? Because I'm never going to Well, you know why you is. have, Charlie? So that bloody phone hackers <laughs> operating out of phone hack shops can't log into our Instagram live. All right. So back in the present, or the past, yeah. as I tell this story, but present is, uh, for me. And so I hit the, the pinger button. Uh, it doesn't go off. And so I'm like, all right. It's telling me that's in this general vicinity, so just like a 50-meter 50, 50 radius. So I'm just going to wander... By in- the way, when, when we make a TV show about this incident, I have you hitting the button in your pocket. You are classic Costanza at this stage. Yeah. You have gone full George Costanza. And I imagine you ping the button, you turn around like, ha-ha, and then nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of it. But this is what I mean about me profiling. So I'm wandering into, all right, let's see. There was two different cafes on each corner. There was like a, um, like a, like a, like a massage place. Mm-hmm. There was um, a chemist warehouse and there was one other shop. I can't remember what was in there. But I was going into these places and I was eyeballing like all the customers. I'm like, who's the likely 
So, oh, one was a, okay. One was a charity ask, shop. One was like. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. So, massage place, yeah. legitimate massage place, yeah, or yes. like a well, sign out the front massage place. I, well, legitimate enough that they're operating in a, a shopping center with lots of people, you know, foot traffic. If, you, okay. if you're going to get a handy, it's probably a very public place to get a handy. I, I was going to say, though, that is a tough place to go and ask if anyone's got your phone. But you know, <laughs> it's that sort of place. Well, no, what I thought about that was it's a good place to set off a pinger because it's meant to be quiet and I'm going to hear it. Mm. And that way I can see myself <laughs> ripping the curtain back. Burst in on someone being jerked off and go, that's my phone. <laughs> that's my phone. All right, as you work, <laughs> just, uh, just wipe just it down with a towel and hand it through the curtain. Afterwards, I'm going to need my phone back. <laughs> yeah. I've got my wife and baby waiting for me at home. So uh, I start in the cafes and there are these three like typical Gold Coast jacked, tattooed gym dudes Mm -hmm. sitting at a table being really boisterous and loud. And like my Terminator vision, I've just gone, that's the dudes. 100%. You know what I love about you is like everyone's a criminal. Everyone's a criminal. (laughs) You look around and you just see everyone being a criminal. This is the problem that people have with... Law enforcement. That's yeah. why there's so many like you know issues around the police is because you know if you are a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I said right at the top that I this is a it was a great lesson in profiling because yes, I was profiling and the irony being I spend quite a bit of my time in gyms as well. Like I am looking at these guys who do nothing different to how I spend my week as well. But I'm like, that's the guys. I can just tell that's it was, it. but it was more their boisterous attitude. Will probably needed to pay for their steroids and human <laughs> yeah. growth hormone. I get it. I didn't approve of how loud they were being in this cafe. They're just they're having a loud conversation and being really blokey and loud and stuff. And I'm like, I reckon they're the kind of guys probably going to go home and be loud on my phone <laughs> yeah. later. And the, and I and I started it started playing like my mind started playing tricks on me because. I could see three of them at the table and they were all eating their lunch. They had their plates out, they had their keys out and their phones out. And I could have sworn I saw four phones <laughs> on the table. I worked, I did three, I did three walk-bys because I thought I saw four phones. And are, are you at this stage pushing the pinger? Are you trying to... Um, no, because I, I wanted to... I wanted to I wanted to just like get the lay of the land first. And so when I saw what I thought was a fourth phone, I had to do like two more walk-bys. And then I hit the pinger, but I didn't hear it. And then it turns out it wasn't a fourth phone. It was just like a completely different device, like a Kindle or something like that. Okay. So now you've yelled Jacques Hughes at two groups of people. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing was, these guys, even though it hadn't gone off, it was like, well, the 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 locator, the the find my phone isn't been accurate. They could still have it in their car. They've just come in for celebratory. They've just stolen a phone, and now they've come for some lunch. Yeah. They're going to high five over their bacon and eggs and be like, "Man, we're going to make at least twenty bucks <laughs> off that phone when we take it to cash converters." <laughs> but they were still top of my list. They were like, I was like, they're they're. You know, if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to have to go after anyone, it's going to be those guys. So I put them away, and that's tough. Because this is like a group of, you know, well-built gym gym guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't really worked out what my approach was going to be if, like, the ping had gone off. You know what? I think I would have taken the same approach as my mate where I would have gone, dudes, look, you know, uh, I, I don't want any trouble. Um, I, just want to, I just want the phone back. It's got some, you know, photos of my kid and stuff, which I don't know if I've uploaded to the cloud. You know, I'm happy to give you some cash for it. What do you want? hundred bucks right now. Give me my phone back. That was, I think the scenario in my head was if I, if I had to give some cash over, but no more than a hundred, I figured that's about, what would you pay for your phone? A reward, not ransom. Yeah. I mean, it depends how valuable anything on my phone would be. And I would suggest that 
my immediate scenario scenario upon any of this happening would be to go to a phone shop and buy a new phone. <laughs> I think I think I would just like shut down my old phone and I'd go and get a new phone. I don't think that there's there's absolutely nothing on my actual phone that I don't have like a backup of on my iCloud or whatever. Okay, well, you should download Find My Phone because it actually has a function where you can erase... Blow up your phone. Yeah, That's exactly. what I'd want. You can <laughs> make Mission Impossible. detonate in the bag of some gym junkie in a cafe. Well, I don't have any... There's nothing incriminating. Like, I don't have any nude photos of myself or, you know, my, my gem or anyone. Like, there's nothing that if someone hacked my phone, they'd be like, I can put this online and embarrass or, or extort. There's just a lot of photos. There's some lame photoshops that I make for two guys, one cup, and a lot of photos of my kid. <laughs> so I don't suppose that's of much value to anyone else. Um, okay, so it's not those guys. So then I go into the next cafe. And I start asking this, um, the managers of the cafes. I'm like, have you had any staff? So now I've shifted to, all right, if it's not criminals, maybe it's someone with good intentions, but they're on their way to work. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to take this, throw it in my bag. I'm going to go to work. Once my shift's done, I'll, you know, I'll call them back or, or whatever it is. So I'm asking at both the cafes, hey, has anyone just started a shift? Did they come from this area? You know, because I lost my phone, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, no. And I'm also buying, because I hate, Going into a store. Just coming in and wasting their time. So you're being a customer. Yeah, yeah. I Now I'm on board. The rest of it I'm not really on board <laughs> for, but I absolutely understand this impulse. I'm just like, I'll, I'll just get something while I'm here because I'm going to have to ask you some questions and waste your time. Yeah, well, that's good. It's like very Columbo. Like, look, uh, just one more thing before I go. Just one more yeah, thing. Just, 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 Actually, a coconut water. A little bit of that caramel yeah. slice. <laughs> yeah, coconut water and a muffin. Yeah. And just one more thing. One more thing. Um, and this one girl at one of the cafes was great like uh, i don't know if she was a manager or what but it was almost like she wanted me to deputize her once i told her the whole story she was like okay let's work it out and she's like let's find it <laughs> she's like you're here i'm on board yeah. you've recruited me yeah. <laughs> i think her job sucked because she was quite willing to quit then and there and become my deputy so she was like have you thought about this and have you thought about that and you know why don't you call this number and and you know and i was like hey all right slow down this is my case get off <laughs> you know you're encroaching on my territory well, she's the new hotshot. Yeah, you're right. The old, you know, <laughs> the crusty, grizzled detective, and you have to team up to solve this crime. She's Riggs, and I'm Murta. I don't yeah, like a maverick loose cannon for this year. <laughs> um, so it wasn't either cafe. I go into the massage place, and that was the most um, awkward because I walked in and I had to sort of walk deep into the massage place to hit the the pinger, but. I wasn't going to get it. I can't buy anything. It's not like I can, I'm not going to buy a 10 minute massage or anything like that. Can I just get a little rub on my elbow? And <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of massage can I get for $8? And also one more question. Now by this stage, I've probably been at the shopping center for about half an hour. And I think I'm starting to arouse suspicion from all the shopkeepers. Yeah. You're sus. You're the one who looks <laughs> us. You're wondering, asking a bunch of questions about what time people come to work and what's going on. But holding, holding an iPad up in front of me, like if I worked for the council or something, you think I was doing some kind of surveillance work or, you know, am I checking that, you know, everything's regulation? Cause I, I keep walking into COVID compliance. Yeah. Some sort of COVID compliance, undercover COVID, yes. COVID compliance officer. Yeah, because I noticed people start to talk about me because like that dude's coming for the third time and he keeps like looking his iPad, looking up, hitting a button, looking down, looking up. So this is going on and on and on, not getting any closer. And so I sit down to take a break and um, I'm emailing Jem and just updating her. And uh, that's when I texted you 
And then I look at my iPad and I go back to find my iPhone and it's on the move. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> they, they got out of my clutches. How did I miss this? Like it must have been in their car. And so I see it's on the move again. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try a few more calls of the phone, yep. see if they answer. No, no, no. I'm going to ping it a few times. No, no, no. So then I'm like, all right. Um, I to email Gem. I say, I'm, 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 I'm going to go after this car. And she's like, be careful. Like all in caps. Like, like I'm going out on some like suicide squad mission. Well, I feel like at this point I am starting to worry for you. <laughs> now you're here talking to me today. So this all ends fine. But at this point in the story, I'd be like, maybe it's time to just give up on the phone. But you've decided in for a penny, in for a pound. I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. I mean, yeah, I'm this, I'm, I'm so far committed. I'm just going to, I'm going to see it out. And in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking like, if it gets to a situation, dangerous situation, then I will abort mission. But I want to see this through so i jump in the car and um immediately take a wrong turn because it's taking a while i'm using the map on find my iphone which is not as good as like your google maps or whatever so it's delayed and so i'm swearing and getting caught in traffic and it's it's like the worst um car chase scene from a cop movie you've ever seen where i'm literally just like i'm in the car park of the shopping center going at 10 kilometers an hour <laughs> trying to do a u-turn around so i can face the right direction while meanwhile the bad guy's getting away so I'm keeping an eye on the bad guy. They've hit the freeway. And I'm like, all right, hit the freeway, dude. And You've you can- made the mistake of going back to your own car. What you should have done is gone out to a car that was already oh, on the road. Oh, commandeered it. Grabbed the driver, <laughs> thrown them out of the... Say, I once played a cop. And I'm taking your car. Held up my iPad. <laughs> so I, I, I get uh, out into the freeway and I'm like, oh, this is great because I can open her up here and I can, you know, make up, make up some time. And so I do, I'm, I'm catching up, but then... Um, I'd, in my head, I'm like, how far? Like, if they go to Brisbane, like, how far, how far do are I... you willing to go? Yeah, and because what is the answer to that question? How far do you think you would have been willing to go further away from where you were? Okay, so we're in kind of like this the Southern Gold Coast. Mm. I reckon I would have gone as far as surface as Paradise, so 20 minutes north. And then if they if they didn't get off the freeway at Surfers, then I would have let them go. If they, I wouldn't have gone as far as Brisbane. Um, I would have wondered what the hell they were doing. <laughs> like, where are you going? Um, but they didn't. They turned off not long after they got onto the freeway. And so I follow, I, I don't see the car. I never, I never get um, a visual will, to use a military term. <laughs> I never get eyes on the vehicle. Um, but I see that they've stopped again, this time outside of residence. So it's going to be easier to locate now because it's actually like a, it's a street address. And so I pull up and it's this, Quite a nice suburban street, but, you know, like, there's a couple of sketchy-looking houses, a few cars parked on front lawns and stuff and some loud music playing, and I'm like, okay, all right, just getting the lay of the land. This is my reconnaissance, so I pull up outside. Okay, so cars parked on the front lawn, like, you know, there's no sort of fence, all the cars belong there, or, like, there's a whole bunch of people over? No, no, just like, you know, it's just a a, a a bit haphazard, yeah, so to speak. So I pull up outside the house where it, it says it is, and I'm like, okay, this is it, man. This is it's go time. <laughs> Gosh. So I, I uh, message Jem once more to say I'm outside the house. I love you. <laughs> tell <laughs> tell owner about me. Um, and in my head, I'm like, okay. Oh, I actually was like, in my head, I'm like, shit. Should I have gone to an ATM first? Because if it is going to be sketchy, dudes. <laughs> yes. Should I load up on cash yeah. before I knock on the door of these strangers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I get beaten, they take my cash, and I don't get my phone back. (laughs) 
But I, because I thought if I go up and I, you know, it is sketchy dudes and I managed to negotiate my phone's release for a hundred bucks or whatever it is. And then I have to go to the ATM. Then maybe that gives them time to go, you know what? Fuck this guy, you know? And then they turn off the, they disable the tracking or whatever. And, and I lose him. So I'm sitting there going, oh, do I get the money? I'm like, no, just, just go for it, man. And then I also had to kind of like coach myself. I was like, you're a fucking actor, dude. Just got their bloody confident. Like, Use you the know, they've got the phone. Just give my fucking phone back. Like, just mm. act tough. Be tough. So I'm like sitting in the car slapping myself in the face. <laughs> trying to get all fired up. So you um, go away. You live as a tough guy for three months. You go back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the house is a duplex. So mm. that's another wrinkle because <laughs> the f- it's saying that uh, it's saying it's in this house, but yeah. what side of the house? So I don't want to. And do both houses present in the same haphazard way? Like, or is only one of them got cars all over the front of it? Um, no, they the, the the cars are on the other side of the road. They, but but, okay. they, but they do present exactly the same. They both mm. had open doors, no cars parked in the driveway, which was to me suspicious because I'm like, well, how did this person travel at such speed? <laughs> and arrive at this house but there's no car visible uh-huh. um and so i'm like oh, i don't want to go to the wrong house no. but i'm so i'm just going to go where the phone because the phone has been missed the the ipad's been misleading me hasn't been precise enough but i'm going to say it's this house so i go up to the one where there's loud music playing and it is loud and i'm like yeah. oh boy like you know maybe it's a bunch of bikers or something there it was johnny cash or something like that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to knock on the door and they're all going to... It's going to be like that scene in Point Break, <laughs> you know, where they go to the house and there's a lawnmower gone and stuff like that. And Anthony Kiedis gets shot in the foot or something. <laughs> anyway, beside the point. So I knock on the door. No answer. I can hear the music. I ring the doorbell. No answer. And so I'm like, knock, knock, knock. No I try the door. It's open. I mean, I'm like, you've come oh. this far. Oh, what? No. Shut up. The door, no, the no. door is open. The door is unlocked. Is what I mean. So, um, I unlock the door and I call yeah. it. Hello, hello. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh my god. So then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking ping the phone again and make sure it's here. Yeah. So I hit the ping. I got the right house. Oh my god. Okay. So I'm like, all right. Well, what do I do here? Like, I've got all the evidence oh I need. <laughs> like, am I? Can I enter the house or what do I do? And I call out, hello, like really, really loud. Yeah. From around the corner emerges the oldest lady <laughs> I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Like she must have been late 80s, maybe maybe 90, but she's old. And uh, clearly hard of hearing and also clearly you know, uh, hard of seeing as well because I'm standing in the doorway and I'm like, hi, and she's not seeing me and we're probably no more than 15 metres away, if that. And so I'm calling, hello, hello, hello. And finally she comes down and she's like, hi. And I said, I said, hi, um, I've lost my phone. She's like, oh, yes. And she said, I found this phone. She's gone, I went and asked all the cafes on the street, but it was no one's. And so I just, I brought it home assuming that someone would, you know, they'd know how to find it or they'd call. And I'm like, ah, this is why she was ignoring the 500 phone calls and the alarms. Like she couldn't bloody hear it. It was not the, and she was also not of an age, even if she had good eyesight, but she just wasn't technologically 
uh, you know, she didn't have the understanding to go, oh, look, there's a message on it that says, hey, this phone is lost, please call this number. She just had the phone, she put it in her handbag, and she just assumed that things would take care of themselves. She and goes, I went, she goes, I went to the phone shop, I went to some cafes, <laughs> I went to a massage parlor. <laughs> I mean, the hips have never felt better. I will say that, but could not find who, who belonged to this. Couldn't find one person to hack into this phone. I really wanted this guy's Apple Pay password. Um, so she gave me the phone back. And then I was like, oh, what a relief. And then I was like, do I offer a reward? <laughs> like, I mean, it's not like she brought it back. She picked it up. But then I was like, is that insulting to sort of say, hey, thanks for that. Can I offer you some money? But I did. I said, look, thank you so much. I said, you know, I was really worried about that. Can I give you some money for this? And she was very sweet. She was like, no, 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 it's absolutely fine. I'm just so glad you've got it. Um, and so that was it. That I got my phone back. And then I went back through all the paranoid thoughts. I've had. And I was like, the one scenario I didn't account for was an old lady who was hard of hearing and couldn't see too good. <laughs> that was the one thing that I hadn't accounted for. So was she listening to the music loud or was there other people at the house? No, I think she was the only one there. I mean, the reason why mm. it was pumping is was because, because she's, she's hard, of he- hard of hearing. Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing that makes any sense, right? Because that f- I, I must have left 30, rung that phone like 30 times and Oh, you were it. pinging it. I was pinging it. <laughs> I haven't pinged it that hard since the early 2000s, well. Yeah, exactly. And some Sunday mornings you look like an 80-year-old woman who couldn't see or hear. <laughs> but it was good. It was, a, it was a nice, happy ending. I really thought it was mm. going to be another kind of like, oh, God damn it. It had been a week for Gemma and I where we had both, like she'd lost a pair of sunglasses and something else bad had happened. It was like, oh, it's just one of those weeks. But then it was this sort of happy ending and it actually sort of reaffirmed my faith. You know what was really nice about it was she was lovely – and then the girl in the cafe who wanted to be my deputy and a bunch of other people that I met along the way who had asked and stuff who really wanted to help. It actually it actually reaffirmed my faith in other people. Here's my only problem with this story. Yep. If, as she said, she went to the local mall and asked everyone in the cafes if it was their phone, why did they not remember that when you came in saying, no, has no, anyone no. been in with a phone? No, she meant she asked the cafes where she found it. So she picked it up off the oh. bench and went to the closest cafes there and was like, hey, did someone lose a phone? And when they said no, she... Now, the thing I can't work out is, how is she moving around? But I guess it's Ubers? Do... But how does she get an Uber when she's so old and can't, like, see a phone? Or taxis, I guess. I mean, taxis, yeah. Yeah, she'd just be using taxis, wouldn't she? Yeah. All right, well, that's mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get to some mail. And if you want to send us some mail, you can do that by going to tofop.com. And while you're there, you should check out some of our other great podcasts. We have one called Willosophy. Who's on this week, Will? Uh, Danielle Walker, Luke Heggie, um, both excellent episodes that are up at the moment. I would recommend checking those out. Luke was on the first episode of Question Everything, which was on the ABC last week. A brand new episode this Wednesday night at 8.30 with um, a really fun lineup of guests. Uh, Greta Lee Jackson, who people might remember from Tonightly, very, very funny. Uh, Fatty Kassab, who's someone who I don't think really has been on TV much at all before, who I think is hilarious. And uh, Vic Zerbst, uh, who people will know as one of the contact traces she was on Philosophy uh, a couple of weeks ago. Dave Woodhead from Triple J, 
Uh, people might know David Woodhead from uh, Triple J, The Moth Effect, which is on Amazon Prime at the moment, and a whole bunch of other things. He is the Willosophy guest this week. Uh, and on FOFOP, Matt Stewart, host of Do Go On and Primates Podcast, is my guest on FOFOP and Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, preparing for finals, uh, Will's had a great weekend <laughs> of oh football. What the worst? <laughs> Worst. Absolutely, just night after of... night, the absolute worst weekend of football for me. Crazy. It was just a shocking 24-hour period for Bulldog supporters, so you can hear all about that on Two Guys, One Cup. But for now, we're going to go to the mailbag. Uh, well, this is from Sasha, who says, uh, Hey, guys, with all the TOEFOP love or fear of AI, did you guys watch the Four Corners episode this week? This BBC Panorama special was a very scary revelation into just how much AI has taken us over. So, Will, when you escape your secret hideaway, there's sadly no chance of escaping. Cheers, guys. Thanks for the great pods. I did see an article this week in the New York Times that uh, Disney are working on sentient animatronic robots. There's this big deep dive into this technology. They've been working with Boston Dynamics, and there's this video of a Groot robot that they're developing that it's... You look at it and you think it's CGI because it's walking and talking and blinking and looks exactly like the Groot from the movies, but it's a it's a robot. <laughs> it's a walking, talking robot. And the reporter's saying how when you talk to it, it responds like, you know, he said hello to it and it smiled and wanted to give him a hug. And then when he said something kind of mean, it kind of recoiled. And so what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, it'll all be fine. Yeah, I'm sure fine. it'll all work out fine. Um, oh, we should also mention that Girl uh, have made a, recorded a brand new cover of the Beastie Boys Sabotage in celebration of uh, Tofop's uh, one year anniversary of being Tofop's official theme music. They sent us an email. They say, hey guys, here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. It's been a whole year since Girl became the theme tune to our favorite podcast. So to celebrate this and Girl's anniversary, uh, Tofop and Girl's anniversary, we thought we'd cover the Beastie Boys for you. Now, a couple of things happened when we did the last song for you guys. The Tofop listeners reached out, were understandably perturbed by the fact that they had to go to SoundCloud to listen to the track. So this time, we've put it on Spotify, where we were a neo-soul band at the time, and Charlie said something like, can't you guys just make music like this? Well, Charlie, you were right. We became a rock band pretty quickly after doing the Tofop theme, and it's a lot more fun. Uh, as well as the main track of attaching an instrumental version in case you guys want to use it as your theme. Uh, P.S. Charlie, you mentioned on Fofop with Nick Mason that you guys were considering doing a movie soundtrack show regularly, but your music friends said it wouldn't be possible legally. Well, I've got some good news for you. Spotify have launched a bunch of new podcasts called Music and Talk Shows, where the, music's included, the music included in each podcast is automatically streamed from their library. You'd need to do it through their tool anchor, and the show would be a Spotify exclusive, but there is a way for you to have music on your shows legally. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. That's something we could explore. Mm. Um, have you heard their cover of Sabotage? Uh, I haven't heard it yet, no. It's awesome. It's really, really good. In fact, one of the videos I was scared about losing was uh, I shot a video of Iona listening to Girls' cover of Sabotage and rocking out. <laughs> it was very, very cute. And I, was like, I oh. must admit, I had the opposite problem to the one they've described about SoundCloud because I went to listen to it the other day when I saw they posted it and I realised I don't have Spotify. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, I'm going to have to log into Spotify and work that out. And I, I just was like, I'm going to have to do this another time. Uh, Ash has written in, uh, hey, to Colin Fop, hi, Will and Charlie. Here's another tantalising Tofop tidbit. Guess what? Tofop has infiltrated the world of online dating. I love this. Okay. We're influencing music. We're influencing love. Mm. 
One fateful day, scrolling through Tinder, I see a very cute boy who lists podcasts as some of his, in, some of his interests. Mm-hmm. Intrigued, I swiped right and we started talking. And he's got an excellent, he's got excellent taste. He lists TOEFOP, FOEFOP, philosophy, tick, tick, tick. So we've been on a couple of dates now and insert a giggle here, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to giggle, but now you're making me think and that's giggle worthy. And we're getting along really well. Oh, look, I'm, you know what? I'm happy that you're getting on well. As long as it's a respectful, harmonious relationship, that's all you can ask for, right, Will? Just don't, just don't change your appearance too dramatically. <laughs> that's what we're trying to tell you from the start of the show. I guess the risk with sending this message is that when you read it in six months' time, mm. who knows what has happened? And this might confirm in his mind. And this might confirm in his mind that I'm the crazy as he suspects. The other option is that we've both built something very special. Imagine that. Cross your fingers for me, boys. As uh, from Ash, I'm not a doctor, but I'm a student paramedic. Thank you for keeping me laughing while I learn to keep them living. Well, that counts, right? Medical. That counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, that's awesome. And guess what? I read this out. She sent this three days ago. So okay. she doesn't have to wait six months. So hopefully it's still going strong. Hopefully it's still going well then. Because <laughs> otherwise it's taken a dramatic turn. When he's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, guys that only reveal themselves a little while longer. And he's suddenly like, I know I said I'm just into <laughs> TOEFOP and FOFOP and philosophy, but have you heard of the Joe Rogan experience? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now this comes with a warning from Google saying uh, this sender's account may have been compromised. Mm-hmm. Avoid clicking links, downloading, blah 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 blah. Okay. Now I've read ahead. There's no links, but David, <laughs> maybe just check your computer security. Uh, he says, "Hey Charlie and Will, long-time listener, first time I could be asked writing in. Just wanted to thank Will for his frequent plugging of the show Rosehaven. I'm from Melbourne." And I relocated to Tasmania a few years ago when I met my partner. After spending some time visiting back and forth, it just made sense for one of us to move as much. And as much as I love Melbourne, Tassie is an absolutely beautiful place to be. Rosehaven really encompasses the feeling of being somewhere special. Not only is it well-written and hilarious. Is this written by Luke McGregor or Celia Picole? <laughs> like, is David one of those two? Like, when did we just start taking glowing reviews of other people's shows? Like, we haven't even pumped up Question Everything. That's why Google's sus on it. They're like, it says it's from David, but it's clearly from McGregor at gmail.com. I mean, it's just such a left turn. I mean, I've heard, I'm sure you've said nice stuff about Rosehaven. I've never heard you go on about it so much that someone would be compelled to write in. Um, I did recently have Luke McGregor on Velocity. Ah, okay. Then maybe that's what it is. Uh, not only is it well written and hilarious, but it also makes me feel more appreciative of the scenery. <laughs> this is a fucking bullshit. Letter. And it is also very important for the local Tasmanian economy. And Luke McGregor is incredibly handsome, smart, and witty, and muscular. And I hear he has a who is eligible for the best actor at the Actor Awards later in the year. Voting open now. It's made me become more aware of the way uh, we tend to race through the day to day, and it is a pleasant reminder to slow down once in a while and really take in your surroundings i'm sorry david i'm sure it's a sincere message five stars <laughs> wednesday nights nine o'clock abc tv <laughs> we're so cynical um all right oh and this is just a quick uh, one this is from sarah so lee sales and annabelle crab uh on their podcast which is called what's it called again um two girls one cup <laughs> chat, <laughs> chat. <laughs> chats t- chat t- chat uh, looks 10 chat the, the fucking hell Fuck me up. Look, looks, looks, looks 10. 10. No. Oh, yeah, looks 10. What? 
Chat 10 looks three? Looks three. Chat 10 looks three? Yeah. Anyway, they did a bloody Pam Ayres bit. They went through a Pam Ayres poem. In the, do you think in the same irreverent no. manner? I mean, if they compared a toothpaste poem to Pam's sexual awakening, maybe. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to, for two high-profile ABC journalists to be doing. Well, it's just weird, right? I just would have thought we'd have the market cornered on podcasts that dedicate entire episodes to Pam Ayres. Pam Ayres is bigger than us, though, when it comes to the <laughs> podcast world. We can't. That is the saddest but most truthful sentence ever said. Pam Ayres is bigger than us. Pam Ayres is much bigger than us. Yeah. If we're talking about Pam Ayres, it is clearly punching up. <laughs> we dream of being as big as Pam Ayres. Uh, all right, that's the podcast for this week. Remember to check out Question Everything, ABC, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Uh, I've got nothing else. We've got nothing else to plug. That's uh, Oh, I'm going to be doing another Instagram Live this Friday. Yes, uh, people seem to be enjoying those. So um, I'll, uh, that'll be in the TOEFOP socials. But this Friday, uh, normally around about 5 p.m. Some people said it was a bit early because they're not quite home from work yet. But I figure, well, a lot of people are working from home. We'll work it out. Maybe I can push it a bit later. I'm just trying to do it before um, Iona's bedtime. But uh, I'll do another Instagram Live this Friday. Uh, but for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>